The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Well, good morning. Tim Decker here with you. Welcome to another hour of any and all things financial. If it's important to you, if it affects your pocketbook, your financial future, it's important to me. You can reach me here for the next hour by calling locally at 717-540-0580. That's 717 717- Five four zero zero five eighty, and anywhere else toll free it's 800-724-5801 that's 800-724-5801 and for those of you who are as i say phone shy you can email me live here right during the show at ffradio at comcast.net that's ff as in financial freedom radio at comcast.net net so again if you have any questions about your investments mutual funds etfs stocks bonds iras roth iras uh questions about insurance annuities 401ks 529 plans uh again whatever's on your mind if i can help you don't be shy we are all friends here and my pledge as always is to do my very best to provide you with straightforward no-nonsense advice to help you make wise financial decisions as I said one of my goals um, of this program is to ultimately be your trusted resource for financial truths well interest rates continue to go up mortgage rates are well above 4%, uh, and we've seen this uh, in the past several weeks. The yield on bonds is going up, and in spite of what is one of the most common myths out there, that being the Federal Reserve uh, controls broad market interest rates, which is absolutely not true. The Fed controls overnight lending rates between banks, but the Fed does not control the bond market yields whatsoever, and I will tell you what does. Very simple. It's called the economy. Because what happens is during times of strengthening economy, there then becomes in the background talks of inflation. And whenever that happens, you will see historically, if you study this, and that's why being a student of financial history and market history is invaluable. 
Now, you may not have an interest in it yourself, but I urge you, any financial advisor that you are working with or are considering working with should have a very, very in-depth knowledge of financial market history, not only in the U.S., but throughout the world. And the reason that is so important is it can really help you keep things in perspective, not only when we go through market declines, but also having an understanding from a broad, a top-down view of how interest rates and the economy works and how often we have recessions. Are they normal? What about market declines themselves? How does that work? How long do they typically last? Because by having a knowledge of this, it can go a long way in helping you, again, as I said, to keep things in perspective. And perspective is extremely, extremely important in helping you make good decisions and remain disciplined. So we have had in the past few weeks... The 10-year government bond actually closed yesterday at about 3.05. At one point, the 10-year treasury was all the way up to about 3.10, about 3.10, but it settled back down a little bit to 3.05. Even the two-year is up well over 2% for a short maturity. So... One of the things that we're going to talk about a little bit this morning is what do these rising bond yields mean for you as an investor? I know we've talked about it in the past, but now that we're actually seeing it, and I'm sure if you've looked at your investments, your investments in bonds, you will have seen recently a decrease in the price of your individual bonds or your bond funds. It doesn't matter if you own individual bonds or you own bond mutual funds or bond ETFs. You will have seen over the last several weeks a decrease in the price of your investment. Is that something you should be concerned about? Were you caught off guard? Did you expect that bond investments whether they be individual bonds or bond mutual funds or bond ETFs, do you expect that the price of those were not subject to going down? And what about the yield of the bonds that you, you own? So we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between individual bonds and bond mutual funds, bond ETFs, and help you get a good understanding of what you can expect, what you should expect, and as interest rates, perhaps no one knows, and I said no one knows, what's going to happen to interest rates over the next week, over the next month, over the last year. They may remain where they're at for an extended length of time. They may start going back down, or they may continue rising. But if you know in advance what to expect, and if you have a portfolio that is designed to hedge interest rates, regardless of whether they 
go down, stay flat, or continue to rise, my friend, you have nothing to fear. But it's when people are caught off guard and they're surprised, that's when bad things take place in the world of investing. As you've heard me mention many times, surprise is the mother of all panics. Surprise is the mother of all panics. And in the world of finances, in, in the world of investing, that's why it's important to know in advance how your investments will work, how they will react during different environments, so that when they take place, you are not caught off guard okay we're gonna go to our first break when we come back we'll pick right back up if you have anything you'd like to speak with me about you can reach me 717-540-0580 that's 717-540-0580 or toll free it's 800-724-5801 i'm tim decker and this is financial freedom Financial Show Central PA Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. All right, welcome back. And uh, let me again say thank you. Thank you for making us part of your Saturday morning. And we're all family here. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to discuss financial things with you and hopefully help you and your family, as I said earlier, make prudent, wise financial decisions. Okay, let's go to the phone. I believe we have Lee from Lebanon. Lee, are you with us? Yes, I am, but I'm way off what you wanted to talk about today. I have a question because I long ago, actually back in February, got an IRA designation of beneficiary form from my bank, and I don't mm-hmm. know how to fill that out because I don't know what it has to do with the will I already have made out. So, can you turn your radio down in the background? Oh, I can't Please. do that if I get up and do that. Yes, sir, but I have it pretty <laughs> low, I thought, because I didn't figure you want to talk to me today because I'm not talking about bonds and things. Hold no, on. no, no. This is, hey, this program is for you and everyone else that's why i say if there's anything you guys want to discuss i'm happy to so that's what you're asking I need me to know your uh, number to reach you during the week because i know you don't want to go in the air with this my problems um yeah you can call our office it's uh 717-393-3353 Okay, because I'm not sure. I heard earlier this morning from somebody else, an attorney, how this predates a will or it comes before the will or something yes, I yes. don't understand. A beneficiary, yes, that's, that, that is accurate. A beneficiary designation supersedes what you have in your will. Your will, your will distributes your assets for things that you do not have beneficiaries for, but any type of accounts, whether it be a checking account, savings account, investment account, anything that you have beneficiary designations for, that's accurate. That supersedes your will, and the good news is 
that can skip probate as a result. So Yeah, because he says it's very expensive if you have to probate it, but I have to know what to do. But okay, I have a will, but I guess I didn't fill out this form yet. That's all I need to do to be in up to date. Well, come see us and we will help you any way we can. Okay. Thank you, sir. You bet. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. I believe we have Kathy from Carlisle. Kathy, are you there? Kathy. Kathy from yeah. Carlisle, one last time. Yes, hi. Um, there you son, are. I thought, I thought you I'm fell sorry. asleep on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Um, wait a minute. Let me turn this off. I'm, I'm making you. breakfast. Um, my question is, uh, what? can you give me some advice uh, on how to put some money into, like, ETFs for my kids and my grandchildren uh, the best way so that I can avoid paying inheritance tax. Uh, should I have my name on the account with theirs or uh, as, as opposed to maybe putting some money into these educational accounts? Or um, do you have something on your website that uh, advises people on how to, to distribute some money so, you know, to avoid paying uh, Pennsylvania inheritance tax? Okay, you cannot avoid Pennsylvania inheritance tax. Right, I mean to do the the least amount. <laughs> yeah, well, Pennsylvania inheritance tax is a formula that's dictated by whether the money is passed on to ch children. Uh, they will pay roughly around four percent inheritance tax. Right. If it's passed, if it's passed laterally to say your siblings then they pay a higher inheritance tax so it's it's strictly based upon is it passed down linear or is it passed lateral to to uh friends or siblings uh, or whatever but if you um if you google pennsylvania inheritance tax you'll very easily up on there and it'll show you what the percentage is again based upon the relationship of whoever's uh inheriting it now as it pertains to you wanting to put some money aside i think you said for your kids or your, your grandkids yeah, okay mm -hmm. okay depending upon the objective would dictate the type of account i would suggest um if you are comfortable and committed to opening up an account specifically for education purposes, hands down, a 529 plan is the best way to go. However, it must be used for education. Now, with the new tax law, uh, prior to the new tax law, it could only be used for higher education, but now it can be used for any type of right. uh, education. So, if yeah. you want, a, you know, if you want to look into that. A good 529 plan would be awesome. Um, what's nice is in Pennsylvania, we're not restricted to only Pennsylvania plans. So you can look at other state plans and still get the Pennsylvania state tax deduction. One of my favorite 529 plans is the Utah plan. If you do, again, if you do a Google search for Utah 529 plan, mm -hmm. they have one of the lowest cost options out there. And they've got great investment options. They've got some great low-cost Vanguard target age 
buttons, and that would be a nice option. Now, if you do not want to lock it up for education and you want to retain control of it, what you can do and what we've done for our grandkids is we simply set up a joint account. I'm sorry. We set up an account in our name, mm -hmm. care of the child or the grandchild's name. And what that means is because it's in our name, we own the account. Nobody can take money out of the account without our approval. We're the only ones that can take money out. So we have complete control of it. However, since we are the owners of the accounts, um, any taxes that may uh, be due along the way, say from dividends or right. cap gains, you know, we pay taxes on that. But what I like about that is we remain in control so that down the road, God, God forbid, one of the kids or one of the grandkids turn into a wild thing, they're not going to get the funds without us handing it over so right now now in an account like that what happens mm -hmm. if i would pass away does does that account go into probate does that go in and in, is it included in my estate or because their name is on it too do they just inherit that no because their name is on it strictly as a signifier of care of they own it in no way whatsoever. So what would happen is if you set up this type of account properly and set it up as what's called a TOD account, that stands for transfer on death, all that is is, is you simply designating when you set up the account, Kathy, mm -hmm. who you want as beneficiary or beneficiaries. Right. So if, some, if something happens to you, it would go directly to the beneficiaries and it would supersede and skip going through probate and you know you wouldn't have any of that problem at all obviously okay. they would have an inheritance tax but yeah okay now on your website do you talk about these kind of things occasionally no. not no. really okay no only because it's 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 very specific and yeah, uh you person know kind of right yeah. right right but but we do offer hourly consulting and if you would ever want to uh come in call our office set up a time and i'd be happy to go through this and in fact even show you the the exact investments that we're using for our own kids and grandkids right now so hourly um if i would come in do you mm -hmm. do you discuss wills and the best way to, uh, you know, with your house and all those different things? Do you discuss that with clients, or is that we is that right. somebody else, like a, a lawyer? What we do is the hour is yours. So what we have you do is send us in advance a list of the topics that you'd like to discuss. Mm -hmm. So we are then going to spend time talking about what you want to in whatever order you choose so if, you know if you want to talk about estate planning we can if you want to talk about insurance we can you want to talk about investing we can right. whatever you choose that's what we talk about okay and what's your website again it's isifinancialgroup.com isifinancialgroup.com okay great 
All right. Very good. I'll look into that. Okay, Kath. Hey, it was All very right. nice talking with you. I wish you the very best, okay? Thank you. You're All welcome. Right, bye. Bye-bye. Okay. We're going to go to our next break in the news. When we come back, we're going to pick back up talking about rising interest rates, what that means for your bond investments, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and what you should be prepared for. 717-540-0580, or 800-724-5801. If you have something you'd like to speak with me about, I'd love to hear from you. We'll be right back. 533. Simple, straightforward advice and answers. Financial information you can trust. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP 580. All right. Uh, I received an email from Steve. It says, uh, Tim, since CE rates are a little more palatable, my fee-only financial planner recommends that I purchase some one-year CDs earning about 2.2% with some of my funds currently in short-term Vanguard bond funds. This is a portion of my overall asset allocation, the idea being to eliminate the downside as interest rates rise. Do you think this is a good idea? Steve, um, it, it can be. It depends on your overall uh, process with your investment portfolio as it pertains to rebalancing. If you have some money that is outside of your investment portfolio that you want to just park somewhere that is not going to be used for any rebalancing at all, short-term CDs are not a bad option at all for short-term objectives, obviously. However, if it's part of your overall portfolio whereby you're going to be using it and it fits into the allocations of needing to be rebalanced along with your stock funds, I would stick with the bond funds. Um, the big advantage is uh, right now, I just uh, happened to look up during the break, uh, as an example, short-term bond funds that are investment-grade government-type bonds and uh, even at Vanguard, the 30-day SEC yield um, right now, according to Morningstar, is around 2.4. Okay, so let me just in this kind of well, not I mean this perfectly ties into what I was going to talk about with bond funds and rising rates. Let's talk about what happens and why rising rates actually, actually. When you think out three years, five years, eight years out, rising rates in bond mutual funds are a good thing. Let me say that again. Rising rates, rising yields in your bond funds, looking out longer term or even three, five, eight years out, can be a very good thing. Well, 
how can that be? The reason why is when you own a bond mutual fund, all that you own is a bunch of individual bonds all coming due and maturing at different times within that bond fund. So as yields rise and the share price of your bond fund temporarily drops, temporarily drops, as the bonds are coming, coming due and are maturing within the bond fund, the manager is taking the money from the bonds that mature and are reinvesting them in new bonds at higher yields as the rates are going up. So what you see is you'll actually see the yield on your bond fund. If you look at, if you look at the yield on what your bond fund was, say, six months ago, and you look at what it is now, look at the dividends you were receiving and, and the rate of those six months ago and look at the rate now, you're going to see that the yield has caused the d dividends, obviously, to go higher. Yes, but, but what about the decline in the share price? That is only temporary while the bonds in the bond fund are coming due. As they come due and they reinvest in newer bonds at higher yields, guess what's going to happen to the price of your bond fund? It's going to come right back up. So if you have monies, Steve, that you specifically want to earmark for an objective, say, within the next two years, I would have no problem at all saying a good CD is a great option. However, if the monies that you have in these short-term bond funds, and hopefully you have some money in some intermediate-term bond funds as well, all I want you to do is to make sure, to the extent that you can, make sure that the objectives and the time horizon for when you're going to make any withdrawals from those bond funds, if there are any plans, that the planning of those withdrawals exceeds the average maturity or the duration of the bond fund. So like the short-term bond funds, typically you're going to see a average average maturity in there between two and three years duration, you know, roughly around two. So as long as it's monies that you don't anticipate, you're going to need for at least, you know, say four or five years or longer, I would leave it in the bond funds and make sure that it's tied into your overall allocations, that you have some intermediate term as well as short term. And what you'll see if you have the proper process in place is if yields continue to go up, the yields on your bond funds will go up while the share price temporarily drops. But there may be an opportunity there for you to do some rebalancing and maybe take some of the monies from your stock funds and put some of that in the bond funds while the share price is temporarily down. Remember, investing 101, sell high and buy low. So fear not, fear not if you have, first of all, if the bond funds that you have, you want to make sure that they are always, always nothing but 
government and high-quality investment-grade bonds. No high-yield bonds, that's junk. You don't want that. Those behave more like stocks when the stock market goes down. All you got to do is go back to 2008 and you look at the average high-yield bond fund, they were down over 30%. You don't want that. You want your bonds to be your stabilizer. So, and, and, and you don't want to play the interest rate game. You don't want to speculate. You don't want to guess. So the way to, to, to not speculate and the way to hedge yourself against whatever interest rates do is to ladder it out by having some short-term governments, some intermediate-term governments, and then just follow a written discipline rebalancing process in conjunction with your stock funds or, or whatever uh, investments you have and pay no attention to what's going on in the interest rate world. You will be fine. Just make sure that your objectives match up with the, the appropriate type of investments. But again, in summary, if it's monies that you're going to need, say, within the next two years, uh, CD is not a bad option. So I hope that helps. And that actually uh, addresses what I wanted to talk about as it pertains to bonds and what you should do. What you should do now is what you should have done six months ago, what you should have done a year and a half ago. Quite simply, have a goal-oriented detailed, comprehensive financial plan based around your goals when you're going to need your monies. And if you start with a plan, then the next step is to implement that plan and use the appropriate investments and build a beautiful, globally diversified portfolio designed to mirror your objectives. And in that portfolio, most certainly, almost everyone is going to have some allocation to to bonds. And the best way to invest in the allocation that you have for bonds is to hedge yourself against interest rates. And, the, and, and again, own some short-term governments, some intermediate-term governments, have a process in place to rebalance as is needed, and stick with it. Okay, we're going to take our last break. When we come back, we will pick right back up. I would have time for one other caller. If anybody has anything that they'd like to ask of me, 717-540-0580 or 800-724-5801. Or you can shoot me a quick email, ffradio at comcast.net. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. A lot of financial advisors won't want you to hear what we say. This is the financial show that represents you, not Wall Street. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. All right, uh, final segment. Let me remind you, if you've not yet done so, please, for your education and pleasure uh sign up for our free e-newsletter if you go to our website isifinancialgroup.com that's isifinancialgroup.com uh there on the home page towards the bottom you can sign up for insights and education we have video blogs that we send out we have articles um, and it's my way of 
helping you cut through all of the clutter that's out there and, again, help you make wise financial decisions. Okay, let's go to the phones. I believe we have Jeff from Lewisbury. Hi, Jeff. How are you this morning, sir? Hello. Uh, I have a question. Sure. Uh, a relative passed away, so uh, there's be uh, what you call lateral transfer of funds uh, from his uh, 401k estate. Uh, it's, it's part of the federal government, the TF, and I guess the way it's going to end up doing is going straight to the estate. So they're taking 10% right off the top. Is that normal? Okay, let me make sure I got this right. So you have a relative that is in, did you say it was in the government thrift savings plan? Yes, correct. Okay. And there is no beneficiary designation on the account? Correct. That's a shame. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, what you're going to have to do, and this is probably what's uh, what you are doing, is uh, you're going to have to seek the guidance of an estate planning attorney because if there was no beneficiaries on that, that forces it to have to go through the probate process process and there'll have yeah, to that, be... Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm the I'm doing the probate. I've been named executor. Okay. Um, and did you set up a separate estate account? Yes, I did. Okay. Are you working with an attorney at all? I am not. Okay. I would immediately, on Monday, call a good estate planning attorney because there's a lot of things, there's a lot of moving parts here and you can't afford to get something uh, messed up because it can be very, very expensive. So, you know, for a few hours of uh, working with a good attorney on this, um, they can help you with it. Um, I would urge you, make sure when when you are considering hiring an attorney, I strongly urge you to hire an attorney that will work for you on an hourly basis. You do not want to work with an attorney that's going to charge a percentage of your overall estate. You do not want yeah, that. Yeah, that was my biggest concern. Most of them wanted to charge some percentage of the overall estate, and it, no, you don't work out numbers. It ends up being a pretty darn big number. Everybody yeah, um, wants, a, wants a percentage, yeah. and by the time they take their percentages, there ain't nothing left. Right, right. Um, if you'll shoot me an email at my office, remind me what we talked about um and asked me to refer you to an estate planning attorney that will work on an hourly arrangement i'll be happy okay. to email you okay. now. uh all right uh can i get your email now yep sure uh just email it to my my attention tim decker and the email address is isi at isifinancialgroup.com that's isi at isifinancialgroup.com Okay. Okay, and then I had um one other question. Um this in regards to uh uh you're talking about uh like uh I have a municipal fund mm-hmm. and I was I've just been keeping been keeping my funds in out thought it was kind of secure it's Delaware municipal funds it, do you recommend still staying there as far as um, being um, 
I guess you want the word secure. Well, or, it 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 all always depends on what the objective for the money is. If you're looking to keep it stable, and rather okay, um, yes. I mean, if 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 it's going back to what okay. I was saying earlier, if it's monies you're going to need within the next couple of years, that should be in money markets, CDs, things like that. Okay. If right. it's monies that you're not going to need, say, for at least three, four, five years or longer, a short-term or intermediate-term bond can be a good option. Now, I think you said it's with Delaware, Delaware Group? Uh, it's, it's, it's Delaware Mutual, uh, Delaware uh, Municipal Funds. I forget yeah. the ticket uh, yeah. number. Yeah, if it's with the Delaware Group, group of mutual funds i would urge you to look at the expense ratio in the fund because many of their funds historically have been actively managed and the expenses can be quite high and okay. if you want you know if you want a good low cost bond fund you may want to look at somebody like vanguard um their expenses are very very low and uh i would hate for you to pay High expenses, so. Okay. Okay? All right. I hope you. that helps you. Yep. All right. All right. I, I wish you the best. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, real quick, let's go to Tom from Carlisle. Tom Hi. from Carlisle. Hey, uh, very quick question for you. I'm helping an elderly family member with her uh, finances, uh, mm -hmm. and I would wonder uh, what you would say she has fixed income coming in from a pension, government pension and Social Security. Okay. Um, and I would wonder if you would still recommend, with that fixed income coming in guaranteed, if you would still recommend um, a, a larger portion of her portfolio, she's almost 80, uh, going mm -hmm. into bonds, or whether you would um, see all, you know, the upside coming in in equities and being able to continue to um, reinvest money because she has excess of her expenses, through that fixed income that she could put in even during downturns in the market. So I wondered okay. if even if the person has fixed income, would you uh, would you still um, recommend a large portion in bonds? In Very portfolio? simply, it depends on the objectives of what she wants that money earmarked for. If she wants to earmark it, say, for kids and grandkids, then the money should be invested with that long-term growth in mind. If it's money that she just wants to keep there, and know that it's stable, predictable, then that would bode obviously more for bonds. So as always, the, the objectives should be the dictator of what it's actually invested in. So I hope that helps you. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow, this hour went fast. Uh, we'll see what happens with interest rates, but as I said, if you are invested properly and soundly based upon your financial plan, this should have all been part of it, and you should have been prepared for this well in advance. Have an awesome day. We'll be with you next week. Take care.